It's episode 96 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guests are Alex Keane and Bobby Anderson. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm Alex. And, and I'm Bobby. So that you can tell those very distinctive voices apart. I'm, I'm the one with the, uh, with the lisp that just comes and goes randomly. <laughs> I'm the one who's slowly losing his voice. Um, yeah, we're, we're here at the Bristol Improv Project weekend Pardon? retreat. British Improv Project. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all tired. <laughs> tired, a little bit hungover. I've been to a lot of places beginning with B recently. <laughs> So the Bristol, how <laughs> I'm doing it. I look out the window. It's because I listen to your podcast with Kate, where you mistakenly say that you're in Bristol <laughs> when visiting Birmingham. Bristol is very much according to me. I must go to the Improv Theatre there, but I must stop mistaking other places such as Birmingham or indeed Britain. Mm. <laughs> For Bristol, which is a marvellous place and I'm very fond of it. Anyway, we're at the British Improv Project. Yes. Uh, tell me about your relationship with the British Improv Project. Ooh. Well, I have to start with you because you came to the first one, didn't you? Alex? Yeah, um, we were kind of, I was, this back when I was in the University of Sheffield's Improv Society, the Shrimps, um, as social media manager or some similar committee role. We got a message from um, Jeff Monk, who runs these things, saying, I'm setting up uh, an improv retreat weekend, and it's going to be really close to you guys. We're going to do it in, um, in Edale, in the, in the Peak District. Um, it's just, it's, it's a non-profit event. We, we, all of the teachers are kind of on a minimal pay, and all the money goes to, we're renting out a bit of a youth hostel for, for a weekend. Does anyone fancy coming along? And four or five of us went, yeah, that sounds great, let's do it. Um, hopped on a train and then spent this kind of magical weekend um, in, it was just like little scout huts and, and things in a, <laughs> in a youth hostel. Um, and doing this kind of bizarre range of workshops. There was one that was called Words and Silence, which was just, it was one of those things where we had just a weekend of, of torrential rain and then we were sat in this scout hut doing completely silent scenes just listening to water dripping around us and it was a very ethereal feeling um, and so since then uh, I've been coming along uh, to, to everyone that was about three or four years ago um, and Bobby started started joining me and then we started teaching workshops at them and now it's this is the seventh or eighth right. I think yeah. Um, and so, yeah it's just gone from strength to strength and, and grown and grown Cool. Yeah, I, I got dragged along, was offered the opportunity to teach, um, which has been great fun. And also just learning from everyone. And I think always coming away with that feeling of, oh, it's not just us. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can feel so lonely when you're in the city, just going, please, someone, just do improv, love it as much as I do, please. <laughs> so uh, this time you were teaching montages? Yes, I got to to do the Friday afternoon uh, level four workshop, uh, which uh, which I hope you enjoyed. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> we just got to the... <laughs> so I'd, I've done lots of different levels of workshops before and always try and plan them out meticulously. Good. I think the joy of doing a level four one is you just get to go, 
I'm just going to have them do different types of montage <laughs> and different openings and different transitions. And they all know what they're doing. There'll occasionally be some coaching notes, but that's it. And gosh, it was fun. Yeah. I think everyone has, has learned that they quite dislike Del Close's invocation. <laughs> I don't think it suits a British improv, <laughs> improv spirit. I thought it'd be really interesting. Um, so that, I guess for any listeners that don't know it, that's the one that is... Uh, you. Uh, I, I won't explain it in detail, but just to jog any memories, it is, uh, it is you are, thou art, I am and you get something from it and go through this big invocation. And apparently there's an amazing uh, YouTube video of Del Close doing it himself. Right. Um, and it's and very that, theatrical and a borderline mystical experience, kind of. In it's that very, very Del Close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, but, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic to give it a try because I'd, <laughs> I'd had it explained to me. And so I knew the principle of how it works, but I'd never actually found anyone that was prepared or willing to try it. So it was great fun giving it a try. So thank you very much for that. No problem. I can't say I'm necessarily going to incorporate it into anything I do. But Most people reacted to that. Thought, I'm going to say something that will annoy a lot of your listeners. I think they reacted to that the same way I reacted to the Herald, which is, well, I've done it once. Not again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not pro Harold. I, um, I. It's so nice to meet people. Like yeah. That. I mean, you know, fair, fair enough. If you love Harolds, do Harolds. But my heart usually sinks when an act comes on and says, "Hello, we're whatever, and we're going to perform a Harold." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." My thing with it is, is just always: is it worth the extra effort compared to that group on before you who did a slacker, and. That, that required no, no, you know, no strict structure, and it was really good. Uh, could you explain briefly what the slacker is? So uh, a slacker is... Well, some, someone debated this with me at a point, but I am fairly certain <laughs> that a slacker is... Um, you do a sort of round-robin, so A and B, B and C, C and D, um, but it's not a consistent location. Because my understanding is a Laronde would be a consistent location with a round-robin, like all the kids at their lockers in a high school. Um, and it might come up later why that one's in my head. Um, whereas a slacker is sort of, you know, you, you'd have a person speaking to uh, someone at a checkout and then someone would tag in and you'd see the person who was buying their weird groceries, why they were doing that because they've been tagged to their home. And then maybe the, their partner mentions something that they've had a bad day at work and then the guy who's been buying groceries gets tagged out and it becomes why they're having a bad day at work. It's, it, I always find it interesting how easily you can build narrative in that sort kind of, of round robin style, yeah, yeah without yeah. when you only ever speak to two other improvisers, but huge, rich worlds and narratives can form, yes. just in that. It's inspired by the film Slackers, so just ah. go on Wikipedia and look the plot of that up if you're <laughs> struggling oh. with the structure. Right, oh wow, I didn't realize that. Oh, oh thank you. so I must be right because, yeah, if it's yes. inspired by that scene, uh, that mm. film. Ah, cool, that's, that's, that's new information, thank you. Uh, and you've both taught in previous years. You did one on spontaneity. <laughs> yes, Sunday morning hungover spontaneity. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, we've taught a, we've taught a couple of different different things. Um, I ran one on uh, well, we ran one on guessing games that was a lot of fun. Guessing games. Um, Look, it's it's one of those things that it's it's never uh, it doesn't come up very often here. Um, so normally, because because you have all all levels. 
come here and guessing games are like a quite a core part of short form improv. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, we just said, hey, look, we'll we'll do everyone an introduction to guessing games. We'll get them to love booing because um, <laughs> because there's it's such a different skill set. It's in 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 a sense, it's sort of the opposite of, of short form because you're continuously being denied. You you don't really know what's happening. You have to constantly go back on things that you've said and change your mind and prevaricate and justify things. And, and you get an audience, the, the way you work out what's going on is the audience booing at you. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's really disconcerting. <laughs> um, and, you know, we wanted to just be able to go, uh, firstly, there's a bit of a formula of how you narrow things down. It's like playing 20 questions. Yes. You know, you start big, get more specific. That's something you can practice. But also, let's learn to love being booed by the audience <laughs> and getting that feedback and going like, that's great. Because improv's all about, you know, you do something wrong, you fail, and then you get back up again, and you that's the only way that you're going to learn. So are we, we're talking games like Party Quirks and that sort of thing? Yeah, we, we, Party Quirks, one of my favourites is Late Again. So someone someone's late for work, they're talking to their boss, a uh, ridiculous reason why they're late and a ridiculous method of transport, and they're guessing by two people behind the boss miming out. Uh, <laughs> trying to help their colleague out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and Chain Murder. Chain Murder. Oh, oh, incredible game. Oh, I've just had bad experiences with Chain Murder. How? Mm. I just, it went on for ages. Ah, see, we, we start by doing it. So the first person who comes in, they've got to guess the, the, uh, room, in the room in the house, the occupation. occupation of the murderer and the murder weapon in a minute. Um, the next person who comes in uh, has 30 seconds. Uh, and then, so you make it tighter and tighter and tighter, so that the odds of actually right. getting it will just slim right down. Actually, that's an improvement that I haven't heard. <laughs> so, with that game, my understanding is you get the suggestion from the audience, mm. and then you have to convey it to the people who are outside mm. the room sequentially. Um, you're not allowed to use words. Uh, we so yeah, I, I think some people do it completely silently. We find gobbledygook helps massively. Ah. So mime and gobbledygook. Sometimes you can you can cheat a bit and do yeah, a bit yeah. of sound effects with that as well. But it really keeps the energy up. Um, right. In fact, so much so that um, like when we used to do, uh, like. Uh, cast or script short form shows we would as in do the games and who's in them not <laughs> script um, <laughs> yes I have got we, something to <laughs> we, we use it as an opener because it really warms up the audience especially when when you get to the end and it, like it's hilarious throughout wow um, and and then you get to the end and if they get anything right huge cheer from the audience oh. so it's just one of those games you can't really mess up yeah, too yeah, bad yeah. the only thing you can do wrong is not Stand do anything there. at all. Yeah. yeah, it teaches people to make bold choices. It gets really fast paced, and if you set a time limit on it, it's it's over when it's over. Yes. Like you don't have to worry about it dragging out in the first scene. Yeah, no, I think I think the time limit is is uh, an element that I didn't have when I tried it. So I think that would vastly improve it. Yeah. But we both love the the, the guessing games. I think because they're quite heady and there's, they're quite intellectual, um, and that's that's somewhere that we both like play quite well <laughs> we know we shouldn't <laughs> we know it's, it's an outlet don't it's make jokes don't make jokes but <laughs> well you can you compare that one of, one of the favourite work, one of my favourite workshops we ever devised was um, was called The Joy of Conversation which um, was sort of a sneaky introduction to long form as well ah. um, where we just had we were sort of trying to give people tips for creating characters that can last a long form 
format. Cool. Um, I also use it to just beat escalation out of short formers when they when they want to progress into long form. If someone's been doing short form for a few years, you yeah, can yeah. see them tick regularly. You can see the escalation tick in their head, and you're just going no because that character has to last for half an hour. Yeah. Um, and so we we put them on a park bench and we say you're strangers and you're going to chat and you're going to do that for the next fifteen minutes and you're wow. going to chat to each other about your lives and strange. Uh, I know and that would be a lot of weird rules to some improvisers because there's the one of the rules that people like to use there was air quotes there podcast <laughs> listeners um, is like don't be strangers yes. and I'm like screw that strangers are great because there's no baggage on that relationship and you're free to ask questions don't have any stakes be equal yeah. status just yeah. have a conversation and be your job when you're listening is just to be interested in the yeah. other person when one person gets to have a character and they come in and sit down and the other person has to adopt their the emotion they perceive but they can have their own reasons for it yeah so equal emotion helps create equal status, and equal status characters last longer because status gaps tend to be accentuated just naturally. It's yeah. a very difficult thing to avoid. Yeah, and then we say just just chat, ask questions, mm. and uh, yeah. and it kind of evolved into yeah. It progresses from that onto I forgot what the form Improv Olympic use. Uh, hitch, not hitch. Um, road trip. Yeah, road trip. So we we graduate from the two people on the bench having the conversation to four people in a car and just say. If at any point you feel like there's a scene that could be had from off the back of your conversation, you can uh, tag out or whatever. Even just go, oh, I'd like to do a scene. Don't worry about how your edits look. It doesn't need to be slick. Just jump up and do the scene and then come back to it later on. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, we managed to go for like 20 minutes, like a long form thing. We're like, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Oh, because I've heard, yeah, they've the seen the, that sort of road trip format, but I've not mm. heard it used as a way of having a central conversation and then having sort of stories come off it. That's really mm. interesting. Yeah, well, we, 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 we did that, and then we ended up with, we had three groups trying it out. One group ended up staying in the, in the vehicle the whole time. They were just loving the conversation they were having. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just remembering all, some of the jokes I was overhearing. <laughs> Aging, aging hippies who now like were driving in a Lexus to go glamping at the place where they'd gone to this punk festival 10, 15 years before. Um, and then, so theirs, theirs just stayed in the car. We had another group who ended up um, like having this really sedentary road trip, but flashing back to all the ridiculous things that were happening in the rest of their lives. And then another group who were just using that as the inspiration for completely unconnected scenes, just taking random phrases out. And they all came together at the end and were like, oh no, everyone did it differently. Yeah, great. <laughs> you developed three new forms. Yeah. Well done. It's that easy. Brilliant. That sounds great. Um, so tell me about your involvement in Strike. What is Strike and what do you do in Strike? Strike. S-T-U-R-I-K-E. Strike. Started out as a university radio show. So myself, Alex, and uh, third co-founder Paul. Uh, Paul had a slot on the radio show, and the name comes from. Uh, they, they said uh, there are. There's only a few rules you have to follow, like the usual, don't swear, don't badmouth the union, etc. Um, don't get too political. Yeah. Don't make anything sexual. If Don't you, slander any celebrities. <laughs> if, you, if you do any of those things, you get a strike. Right. And so, of course, we, we were like, let's see how far we can push it. And there's just a little sound effect board with the uh, baseball da -da 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 strike when we just get a little bit too close. Um, but we had, the slot we had was um, 
11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on a Sunday night. So the only people listening were friends that we <laughs> that we knew um, and a surprising number of Americans that Paul knew from a chat room. Um, and so we managed to get away with quite a lot of stuff. And then we graduated, turned it into a podcast, uh, and then got to the point where we were all involved in the University of Sheffield's Improv Society, the Shrimps, and then decided we wanted to start doing our own thing that was, which, which they're the great group, very short form focused, at least at the moment. Mm. Um, and we were like, we want to start doing more long formy things and, and being in charge a bit more. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we just set up, uh, decided to start doing improv, rehearse every Sunday, because we'd record the podcast on a Sunday afternoon. So we were just like, let's just rehearse for two hours beforehand and then go record. Um, <laughs> And to be honest, the podcast only stuck around, well, we joke the podcast only stayed around because it was just a, an excuse for us all to get together once a week. Uh, like just a, an almost obligation, but we will get together as friends once a week. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, started doing kind of a roast dinner alongside it. Oh, as well. the roasts afterwards. Um, and yeah, we, we sat a strike and we were like, we, we want to do something a bit different, um, but we won't launch straight into like narrative long form. So uh, we decided to do a montage format. Right. And, but at the same time, like Alex and I have a particular philosophy around improv. Like we're actually very different to Tom because Tom Young, when he teaches, Armando talks about it should be premise based. You come on with an idea and you express that idea. Um, whereas we much more believe in organic generation of scenes, characters, what's going on, being Find very emotionally there, honest. Yeah. Um, yes, because if I need an idea before I come on. I ain't ever getting on that stage. (laughs) Never comes. I mean, yeah, so we were doing some Armando practice today with Tom Young, the same faces, and when he's like, what premise did you have before you come on with, with, you know, English roulette? I'm like, I don't know. I had the line English roulette in in my head, and, and I walked up and said it, and then the rest of that, the rest of that game happened, and I think it was quite good. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to walk on stage knowing the start of the sentence and not the end of it. And then <laughs> there'll usually be something there by the time I get to the end of it. And if not, we'll get there in two or three lines. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, what format uh, is uh, Strike performing at the moment? Uh, mainly montage. Oh, yeah. that, that's our, because of the scene in Sheffield... Um, uh, we needed something that was that would fit in basically a 20 minute slot at an open night night so we were like we'll just work on this and it also gives us the freedom to do because we have members of the troupe who are super gamey right. uh, you've just uh, interviewed Joe Thompson uh, super gamey yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so improv- gamey he's doing a workshop about gaming <laughs> yeah. <with> his- <laughs> it infects his life um, <laughs> got people like me and Alex who we also do a two-prov that we got together to do because we are so fo- we focus and love just genuine character interaction so much. Um, got a couple of incredible ninjas in the troupe. Uh, some people who prefer narrative, some people who don't. So we've got all these things and it's just like, you you have the freedom to do what you want here. Yeah. Um, we could do a 20 minute slot that's one story. We could do 12 ridiculous tag runs. <laughs> so that's that's our kind of staple thing, and that's been slowly evolving and changing over the past two years. Uh, we've just started with... Joe's, Joe's just started rehearsal with the strike group of um, uh, a narrative long-form, um, like, teen high school drama called... Which we're 
provisionally titling Teen High. It, and it will stay as Teen High unless someone makes a conscious effort to change it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things, why don't we just call it Teen High for now? It's, it's Teen High, it just is. <laughs> um, What's the so year? that's really fun. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're in the early stages of developing a, a two probby thing together. Cool. Which will so. be... <laughs> Really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so earlier when I said like a La Ronde at Lockers in a high school is because that's um, that were an original idea. We we've dropped that idea, but we um, we talked about the idea of starting our long form with a La Ronde. And I think La Rondes are underappreciated just as a performative piece in their own right. But also they're great for starting long form because everyone gets two relationships from the off. Ah, um, yes. So it makes it really easy to build narrative. Yes. Um, but yeah, so just think uh, the the stereotypes of Breakfast Club, um, and and just <laughs> improvisers messing around in them. The number of scenes we have done that start with "Dude, dude," <laughs> <laughs> you can get so much emotion into the word "dude." <laughs> uh, cool. Um, so you so you mentioned you're going to do a duo. Yeah, we're, we're workshopping right now. Uh, Partly it's just an excuse to get together and, uh, as, as so many things, it's an excuse for us to get together and hang out, just the two of us, without not the rest of the rip <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, we, we are currently working with a, an opening where we get a, uh, get, get a, a, a weird thing to be addicted to, mm. um, like tomatoes or something, and then have... Uh, a, a, we take it in turns to play a series of characters at a, like a, an Addicts Anonymous type group. Yeah. Um, so we each get to establish a character. Then we have a little bit of the discussion between the characters and then use that as the inspiration for further scenes, either from their life or, yeah. or completely so it, out yeah, of the space. It sort of comes in three stages. The character creation, we get to do a bit of interaction between them, which is, is just really nice to do and is quite honest. But from there, we just leap off into, you know, what, what weird stuff have they said that inspired us? Yeah. Um, so I had someone that was addicted to tomatoes, and then during the conversation, he was like, oh, it's, it's been really difficult because I'm on, I'm on Bake Off. <laughs> um, all of Bake Off is, is on Netflix now and I've watched like five seasons over the past <laughs> few weeks it was just in my head all the time um, and uh, so from there jump into a scene with fucking uh, uh, Noel Fielding and uh, uh, Sandy Toxvig Sandy Toxvig just inspecting this man's ridiculous cake mm. <laughs> and then we had the, the heir to the Heinz fortune being visited <laughs> by his great grandfather's ghost Mr Heinz himself um, who passed on his secret recipe for a revolutionary sauce, sauce number 58, that he never got to make, which is chocolate and hazelnut combined together. In um, a spread. Yeah. <laughs> which, of course, no one, no one had told him that uh, Nutella existed. <laughs> so a wide range that starts with very serious dramatic emotion, and then we just get to heighten into the bizarre realms of, uh, of ghost visitation. Fantastic. Um, you also run a jam? The Sheffield Improv Jam, yes. The Sheffield Improv Jam. Um, so, I keep coming back to Joe. It's really nice that you've, uh, <laughs> you've interviewed us back to back. Uh, a week ago. Oh, it's the third. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the British Improv Projects. Uh, <laughs> it's a month Weekend away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if only. <laughs> three, three years ago, last week in June, 
So it's it's the third third birthday of the jam in June. That was it was a weird way of saying it. <laughs> Thirty years ago, in two weeks, uh, I was born. So um, the, uh, he he started. I don't know if he spoke to you about chuckle nuts. Yes. Yes. So um, chuckle nuts started, which were getting lots of improvisers from across Sheffield in to do short form. Um, Alex and I started the jam, and it was really kind of. I mean, we were sort of half. Can we just have a jam and have some fun? And then the other half was like, actually, it'd be really good to have a space where improvisers from across the scene can get together and sort of network a bit. Yeah, I don't think improvisers are often the sort of people to use to talk about networking, but <laughs> that well, was in there. I think business has given networking a bad name. <laughs> I call it having conversations with people, and yeah. suddenly that seems Making a lot friends. better. Making yeah. friends. <laughs> um, I was I was down in. Um, in Bristol, and that is the right word this time, <laughs> the, uh, a couple of weekends ago, um, and talking to um, Caitlin and Imogen, who, who uh, are some of the people who run the, um, the Bristol Improv Theatre, and they were talking about how every improv scene um, sort of goes through this period where they start out with everyone being in their own separate little bundles and being like, we're the only ones, and then you find out there are other people in the city and immediately everyone hates each other. <laughs> and then you have to get past that point and build bridges and be like, we should all play together. We're all fans of this very niche art form. And it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're yeah. doing long form or short form or mid form or whatever you want to call it. It's all improv. And yeah. anybody outside improv, it's like, that's all the same thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. But yeah. you get that in any subculture. Yeah, it's, there's the, the weird endless divisiveness. But... There's the so much joy that comes yeah. from playing with people you don't know. Um, and so we, we set up the jam and it's just been kind of slowly growing. Um, and then it has, it, It's done super well. It has brought the scene together really nicely. Mm. Um, we have... We've uh, we, the past couple shows yeah. and, and well, the past things. couple of Christmases, um, Guerrilla Funfair, a group. Don't try and spell it. It's it's one of those words is spelled how you think, and the other one isn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guerrilla Funfair, a great group up in Sheffield, and they have, uh, I guess, produced essentially for the last couple of Christmases a Christmas show, um, and not in just like a, we'll just grab troops and they'll do a set each and short form games, mm. um, like a weird like one of these short form shows where it's short form games connected by a narrative thread. Right. Um, and lots of people from different troops in that. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, more Santas where two Santas find a magical uh, Christmas, Christmas orb. orb. <laughs> that controls Christmas. That controls Christmas. They accidentally get teleported to a demon's comedy club and are captured. That's and the, and a bunch title. of elves have to free them. That's the title of the... No, no, no. <laughs> that's what it was about. It's I was called... It was called... Sorry. No, 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 no. I was thinking, there's a lot of keyword phrases in there, yeah. but I'm not sure really you've optimised for your SEO there. Uh, hey, yeah. you, you're, you're saying that to a group called Strike, who don't spell it out. <laughs> who are performing with a group called Gorilla Funfair, who refuse to announce their shows in advance. <laughs> that's improv. That's improv. Uh, and the jam, the jam is also brought people into the scene, which is really, really nice. Um, quite a few people come along and it's like, I just Googled it and this is great. And then we get to send them off to all the uh, different yeah. places they can learn in Sheffield. There's also a Sheffield podcasters network that met in the same building that we were also going along to because we do the Strike podcast. Um, and it was a great opportunity for us to go, oh, well, what you do, you've got this great concept for your show, which is kind of improvising. You should come along and play in this jam thing. Oh, wow. And now we have 
new friends from that scene, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've Sheffield's in that kind of transitionary phase now, where there are a couple of groups and they're all doing their own different things, and like we, we you know, some of them want to work together, some of them don't want to work together. Either's either's fine, but we just are trying to build it up. Um, next on the agenda is is setting up some kind of regular night where we might mix improv and stand up, but where we would be. Yeah, uh, Ed, yeah I'm sure anyone from like. London or Birmingham or wherever is, 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 is sitting there going oh yeah stand ups so they'll, they'll bring in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah can we just explore the jammer a little bit more because mm-hmm. I'm fascinated about how they work um, because I have grown to moderately like them <laughs> did you not before? I hated them mm. absolutely hated tell them. me about your first jam then well so I don't we have weirdly switched roles I just love status <laughs> swaps uh, <laughs> um, so uh, there are various jams going on in London, and I know the people running work really hard to make them as. Mm. Uh, oh, I've been to uh, the nursery's jam. Oh right, yes, uh, TNL. Uh, yes, Thursday night lights. Yes, where um, they have uh, group warm up beforehand, um, and that's they're obviously working really hard to try and make the jam a um, enjoyable experience. I just, I well, okay, so I've got better at them. But the first few times I did them, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know any of these people. I don't know what they're going to do. Help. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, especially when you're doing a montage as part of the jam. Mm. The two people scene is kind of all right. When you're doing a montage as a scene, I'm like, I can't think this quickly. Mm. My main tactic is get on, be in the first scene. (laughs) Because people might bring you back, or even if they don't, well, at least I was in one scene, because the longer I leave it, I might not actually get up and do anything, and that's uh, awful. Anyway, enough about me. So, um, I, I, don't know, I don't know how common the, the, the TNL format is, because they have um, a, a, slot, a, a show slot, someone can come along and perform, yes. then a jam, then another show, then a jam. Yes. Um, and they also split their jams up, so they have like short-form jam, then long for, uh, montage jam, then... Uh, concept jam. Yes. I love the concept jam. Which um, concept jam? Did I did musical chairs. Oh, what? Uh, as in, I don't know. What as it literally, you play musical chairs, and the people left standing have to do a scene. What I absolutely love about it is, is you you probably sat there thinking, surely no one wants to sit down because they want to be in a scene. Nope. That that musical chairs competitiveness takes over whole hog. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant that whoever won the game then got to do a scene, but you're saying that whoever doesn't get to sit down in a chair then has to do a scene. Yeah, they, they wow. do a scene. Then the, the scene, the, it's really nice because that particular scene gets to end by you, you just put the music back up and everyone starts dancing again. And, <laughs> um, but the way we do it is very, uh, back to basics. Uh, uh, names in a hat, pull out the name, um, that person comes up, they get to decide if they want to do just a scene. As a, no, no game, no gimmick, or a game, um, and then we just do that. Yeah. Re- repeat until about half nine. <laughs> <laughs> we we worked really hard to to make it uh, an inclusive environment for for new people, um, and part of that has been when we've got strike members along. So we're a fairly large group, or when we're we still have close ties to the university society. One of our members is the artistic director of the university society, um, and so we're always kind of like with, with the people who we have some purview over you know there's there's an expectation of like 
you're not just here to have fun, but if, they, if you know there's someone new and you're yeah. doing a scene with them, you can be supportive of them and like show them mm-hmm. that this is a place where they're not going to be challenged and thrown under the bus. Yeah. And improvisers are just, by and large, incredibly supportive people. Like, uh, the, the jam has a huge number of regulars. Like, there's, there's not a huge number of people in the Sheffield scene, so a lot of people come along regularly and are experienced improvisers. But if they don't recognise the person they're on stage with, it, they just, they up it a gear yeah. and, just, and just like, I will do everything in my power to support you. And it being an audience of improvisers, hugely supportive, so... Um, everyone gets a laugh, everyone gets applause. It's it's a really nice space. Yeah, I mean, I always find it amazing that some people find their way into the improv scene through jams. I can't imagine. <laughs> I know, it's some, some people who come along and they're like, yeah. I've never done improv before, but I'll give it a go. And I'm just like, holy heck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always have to check, like, if I haven't seen some before, it's like, have you done them before? No. Um, I, I do that check just so it's like, right, well, I'm not going to give you Weekend at Bernie's or some horrible guessing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can do Chain Murder. Because yes. Chain Murder is an easy laugh or yes. two-headed. And you can explain it really easily. We're playing Telephone or Chinese Whispers, if you want to call it that. And charades at the same time, right? That's yeah. all with you a bit need of with the Cluedo rules mixed in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weekend at Bernie's is that a reference to the film or is that yes? A okay, just do. checking. Uh, oh no, it's, it's a game. It's a format form as well, is it? Uh, yes, uh, it's a short form game. That three I, people start on stage, one off. You get a, a, an activity that they're doing, and they have to be super physical, and then you kill one of them off. Uh, and they, they go limp and they have to be puppeted around, but you repeat that two more times. So eventually it's just one person desperately trying to puppet three <laughs> corpses. <laughs> well, that does sound quite entertaining, but yeah, not necessarily something you'd want to try if this was your first... Uh, yeah, into, and, uh, and we usually make sure that it's being run with people who we know are comfortable touching and being touched. Yes. Yeah, or like the other thing, so... Um, uh, Alex's partner, I did manage to get to come along to a shrimp's workshop once um, and uh, he's there very years ago now yeah his very first game he got up on stage was story die uh, and he left and never came back I and so that's like mind. that's like one of those things where it's like if I want to do story die yeah. I normally pick the names out of the hat during the interval and make sure it's people who are like they they enjoy this game they're comfortable with it I mean last night in the uh, jam here when Tom uh, mentioned that everyone was going to be chickens. I thought, well, okay, I'm on board for that mm. broadly, but I still hate that as a game. Mm. I find it. No, the chicken, chicken die is one of the Bristol. Uh, <laughs> Big up the Bristol. That's <laughs> I'm just, I'm just in love with with all of them. Um, the British Improv Project uh, at a previous weekend, one of the workshops was. Uh, creating short form games oh, and wow. the one game that, that came out that everyone absolutely <laughs> loved was it's story die but you play as everyone's a chicken and you kill people off by shouting KFC um, and of course we have we have Tom Hodge here who is a phenomenal pianist yes. and just plays the plinky like American <laughs> banjo farm music um, and it was invented by um, Sabrina who is uh, an amazing French woman and she has this very focused energy on stage so she'd come on and be like these are my chickens you can kill them for any reason at any time by shouting get FC <laughs> this is chicken chicken die <laughs> <laughs> there, are no, there are no rules for when you get to shout KFC it's just when you want 
And it, 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 it's a bit more liberating than Story Die, I think, because when you don't have the pressure of like, oh, there are all these things I have to get right, all you have to do is be a chicken. And when you get killed, give the most pathetic chickeny death as possible. Um, and I think uh, there's not enough in sh- a lot of short form games. It's really easy to get wrapped up in like, oh, I have to do this right. I have to do. And then you think, <laughs> am I sitting, standing or leaning? <laughs> um, and, and one of the things that Keith Johnston uh, talked about in, um, I think, in Improv for Storytellers is how from a very early point, he was like, the theatricality of it is so important that you, you want to look like you're desperately invested in everything you're doing and if you win a scene or lose a scene with his like point system you have to really feel the joy of success or the crushing defeat but that's that's another part of the performance for the yeah. audience like you you can love being the villain and having the the bad outcome happen to you just as much um, and just be comfortable being absolutely stupid on stage because there's nothing more off-putting than being sat in an audience and watching someone like Oh, oh, I guess I'm going to be this elephant's erection, but oh, I just want everyone in the audience to know that this I'm, I'm above this. No, I will be far more impressed if you can really embody that elephant's penis. How do we create an inclusive place? Um, well, speaking as, as two queer men... Yeah, uh... <laughs> There, 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 are, there are big things and, and there are little things. Uh, with the university society, we had a real problem for ages with women not ending up. So it has a tiered system. There's a performing cast that's by invitation only. And we had a huge problem with like none of the women ending up there. And we kind of looked at it and went, what's going on? Because we have female members. We have female attendees. Why, why aren't they getting up? And we spoke to a load of them and kind of drilled back from like, oh, is it the promotion system? Uh, well, sort of, but maybe not. And what it came down to was, in the workshops, um, the artistic director would go, uh, okay, we're going to play this game. Who wants to play? And ten guys would jump out of their seats and a lot of women would be just in that position of like, just about to get off the chair, never mind. And by the time they got round to playing, they were, everyone was bored of the game. The everyone had done the gimmicks. Everyone had done yeah. the gimmicks, so it felt like they were doing hard work. The artistic director's feedback was a bit more like, okay, well, we're going to... Yeah, you get the point. We'll move on to the next game. And we just switched to, okay, you don't jump up. You put your hand up. Um, and then the artistic director picks and goes, I'm going to pair this experienced person with this less experienced person. Within six months, complete reversal of gender balance in the performing group. That's so there are things like that, and that came from a group of mostly guys talking to the women and being like, what are we doing wrong here? Tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, well, both of us use that rule in all our workshops. It's you, you put your hand up. Yeah. Um, uh, e- even when here, and I know we, we are utterly in the minority with this because all other workshops I've been to, it's jump up. I have to like stand at the front because everyone jumps up when I ask for volunteers and I go, sit down, <laughs> put your hands up. And I will choose, mm. um, which I think a lot of people find a bit shocking. Ooh, oh, yeah. The, the other thing, um, so, so there's, there's a sort of implicit assumption in a lot of short-form games in the way that you get suggestions from people. Um, mm. Or, so, for example, uh, scenes we'd like to see, the, the Mock the Week game, um, or, or, well, yeah, uh, Whose Line Is it Anyway game. Uh, scenes if, from a hat, yeah. Scenes from a hat. 
if you if you say um, things you can say about your ex that you can't say about your girlfriend, well, I don't have a girlfriend. Neither do the three women stood next to me. Do they have to? Do we have to pretend? Yeah. Do we have to jump back in the closet for that? So we, things we, you can say about your partner. We yeah. degender uh, stuff like that. I also, and I do have a, a, like a. Um, there's a. Uh, uh, a non-binary member of our troop and uh, we do have a bit of a discussion on this because I degender suggestions when I get them from the audience if someone says husband and wife I say married couple that is the suggestion yep. that is taken because dad son parent and child yes um, brother and sister siblings they, they all get degendered um, there, there is an argument that, that uh, this member of our troop makes who, who says actually uh, don't do that because it should be like the, the performers can be comfortable playing those genders and actually as a as a trans person it sort of means more to me to take that suggestion uh, like the suggestion of husband and wife as two women on stage and just or have two men on stage play husband and wife and uh, have the men dis have the man display a uh, a genuine femininity a, a, a act genuinely feminine um, rather than some hyper comedic version of a woman. We used to be um, in a show called Scriptless in Seattle, which was an improvised romantic comedy, um, and we had, I think, uh, six guys and two women, no, five guys and three women in the group at its kind of largest size, and the question came up of like, what, what, how do we feel about this? Because most rom-coms aren't, are, are a heterosexual couple. If an audience member shouts out like, we, we got as a suggestion two names for our protagonists. If we get Dave and then you also get Barry and a huge what's our response to that? And what we settled on is, well, we play that to the best of our ability and just go, yeah, we're fine with that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we, we did one where we were the protagonist because we got uh, something in <laughs> Gustav. <laughs> I remember my name. Um, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, it's also nice to do that as two gay men, but it's just like, right, you gave that suggestion as a joke. Here's the most emotionally honest Brilliant. way we're going to betray this as a really subtle, you are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just being, being consciously deciding to, well, to that, represent I, people differently. Yeah, because I should say that that came out of, so this, um, I joined Scriptless a bit later, but what I had seen, uh, the two shows before I uh, joined were both uh, gay love stories, both featuring you and Joe, actually. You made out a lot on stage. Uh, uh, that's, that's improper. <laughs> what can uh, I say? He's but, a handsome man. But in both of those, the, the, the sexuality of the characters was a problem for one of them. They either weren't out, or they were uncomfortable with it, or they hadn't actually realised in one of them, and so when I came along, um, and Rachel, uh, who does Between Us, a two brother with Alex, um, I had a discussion with her and I was like, right, um, I have one, one thing that I will demand, and that is if you get a gay love story, the fact that they are gay is not a problem, yeah. and, uh, in any way. Yeah. Um, they, they, and they don't have a homophobic uncle or anything like this, it's, it's just you play it honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so how it's you have to commit to a lot of hard work to be inclusive. Like it's conscious effort, and you have to be comfortable saying like, "Oh yeah, I definitely got this wrong in the past." 
it's my turn to, I can ask you a question and then when you tell me the answer, if it's something I don't agree with, you're right, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. We'll, it, we'll do that. To sort of take it back to the jam, it might be more useful for people, but obviously like, these are really good conversations to have in any troupe. Um, at the jam, and there was, so there was a really interesting question on the UK Improv Network Facebook group about um, how, do you, how do you guys feel about uh, physical contact in scenes and, and what are your rules? And a lot of people, like I think everyone sort of settled on the same answer, which was in a troupe, discuss it. Yes. Because that's sort of why we have troops is so we can get to know these people that we improvise with. Yes. Um, but uh, Alex, you posted like when it's our jam, you just set rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is just be aware of people's personal space, be aware of people's. The default uh, is no gender. touching unless you know the person and know that they're comfortable with you touching them. Yeah. Like it, it should be the, the if, if a, simple or, thing. Yeah, or other things like if a if a guy comes on stage as a female character, no, they're not trans. They're they're playing a female character. Yeah. I had to uh, I did a beginners workshop once and I don't I obviously don't normally give harsh notes in a in like an introduction to improv workshop, but I had someone there who was on crutches. Um, and they were performing with someone and they got the suggestion of uh, skiing. skiing. Or something. Yeah, skiing. That wasn't really the problematic bit, although the guy who gave the suggestion felt the need to apologise and it was like, no, that, that wasn't the problem with that <laughs> right. scene. The problem is that the other person in the scene turned to this lady on crutches and said, um, so obviously after your huge accident you can't ski anymore. And, and like, I had to point out this guy... She doesn't want to be the person on crutches in every scene she's in. Like, use some imagination. Yeah. Like, may, yeah. maybe You're the crutches... You're not actually going to have to ski for this thing. Yeah. Maybe the crutches aren't bloody there. Like, yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's just, yeah, be, being aware of, like, maybe that person doesn't want to be the thing they are the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and in the jam, we, we kind of open with a, with a disclaimer now, like... It, partly it's don't jump on chairs and injure yourself, please, because we don't want to be liable for that. But also, don't don't touch people if you don't know them. Don't make people do demeaning things in scenes. And it's not even the case that we necessarily have a huge problem with that happening. Yeah. But there's also a part that you want to send a message to people who are maybe concerned about that, who've had bad experiences in the past. Because um, I know so many female improvisers who've gone, oh yeah, I just went to this jam and then some bloke was like, ah, you're my bitch now, you're my dog wife, and get on your knees. And you go like, oh, for God's sake. So we, sent, we have to send a message that, sadly, for some people, that is their default experience of what yeah. a jam is like, what improv community might be like. And sending a message that says, we're not that, you can put that aside for now, we're chill. Come play. <laughs> cool. So basically, come to our jams. Come <laughs> yeah. don't touch anyone. <laughs> it helps that um, we're not super tied to a school who have a tutor system or anything. I had a really negative experience of coming down to a, a jam at a group in London who... I'll remain nameless because it's not like entirely their fault or anything. But um, I came down to this jam and uh, um, yeah, g got there and was doing, a, doing a, a, a proper set, but then there was also this jam section. And we dragged some friends along as well who were in London who have an improv experience but haven't done a lot of it recently. 
um, and the jam was called, and one of my friends was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get up and, and just join in the jam, that'll be fun. Um, and then 10 other people got up and all swarmed the stage, and it was just a, a competition to see who could impress the teachers by saying the funniest line. And I was sat there like, that's, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's easy for, to create a structure without thinking about it that really encourages bad improv in that way because it, it forces people to not work together and not think about that and if you feel like the people who get promoted into the people who get cast in the shows and the people who get invited to the next level and whatever are the people who do the really big flashy things on stage and not the people who are supportive scene partners or take things slower um, and don't come up with the punchlines as fast then you, end you, up in you that can't situation. have a troop of 12 pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it boils down to. That's a crew mm. for <laughs> a pirate ship. Cool. Okay, last couple of questions. So oh, I feel like we've used so much of your time already. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been perfect. Um, so if you were performing in a jam, mm -hmm. uh, what could somebody do to delight you on stage? Ooh. I am thinking. I'm thinking of some of the scenes because obviously we sit right next to the stage with our little table and have names. And I'm thinking of some of the scenes that have just made me collapse onto Alex. <laughs> um, I, I guess the the things that the things that delight me are the sort of improv that I really enjoy doing. That really slow burn character stuff. I will not do it justice, but I I watched a scene once where I think it was it was a guy. It's not a morgue. What's the place where you do up the body before just in the funeral home? Um, that one room, yeah, yeah. The, the room in the funeral home. And there was the funeral Mortuary. director doing. Mortuary, yeah, Mortuary. Yeah. So you had the funeral director d doing up the body and, and a very like distraught relative because truly tragedy creates the best comedy. <laughs> uh, but he he just kept escalating this game of doing the worst possible things to the to this body, but with absolute absolute emotional honesty. <laughs> so he's just so he's just there like. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to paint the paint the face? I can do a tiger. I'll make him look like a tiger. <laughs> Just that, like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Fantastic. But that, yeah. So dis despite having been introduced to improv through short form games, um, my my delight comes from like real character driven scene stuff. Cool. Um, I think my my delight comes from um, what watching someone like. It comes. It comes from the audience usually. Um, when I'm when I'm on stage, the the thing that gives me the most delight is hearing an audience member like gasp or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. which happens very very rarely. I won't claim to be uh, any kind of expert in creating. Oh no, fuck that! I'll claim to be an expert in creating emotional drama. I do an improvised drama. Yeah. I'm not going to apologise for <laughs> my experience um, <laughs> and my improv journey. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hearing an audience member, like, gasp or something. Um, I love it, yeah, when, when you get in a short-form scene, it's just like, no! <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's the response you want! Yeah, and so from, from another performer, it's taking a silly scene and, like, having that like throwing the thing in that makes it immediately personal and high stakes even if it's a tiny little thing it's like what does this mean for us there were so many yeah there were so many moments in in the jam last night where because 
lots of improvisers here are, are down that relationship character mold and just and just so many moments where like one one character would turn down another's advances and, and the reaction from the audience would be no <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'd love is to have uh, an improviser on piano or something in the background because I love as well being in a in a room with with we've got as I said Tom Hodges just love the man um, and whenever there's that emotional scene like just the slow introduction of like soft piano yeah. music <laughs> oh beautiful. and it elevates things really um, that, that and a lighting rig with a good tech oh <laughs> <laughs> cool okay so final question could you describe each other's signature move what do they do saves the day brings the house down every time you can always rely on it we're in the middle of a scene it's uh, it's maybe meandering a little bit someone says something that's a bit off the wall um, and usually you'd let it slide but no, actually, hang on I'm going to pull out a whiteboard in the middle of nowhere and we're going to seriously break down just why that's so crazy because we need to stop everything you've just said the building's on fire no, let's pack our bags and go <laughs> sod the bakery <laughs> Bobby, what's Alex's signature <laughs> um, that's a really difficult question, despite obviously very often watching you from a sort of coaching standpoint. I, I think it, I don't know if it's, it's a signature move, I think Alex has great uh, has a great deal of comfort in silence on stage. Nice. He is not afraid to take a moment to stop and think and not in a panicky way yeah, yeah, yeah. like with enough assurance that the audience is assured that this silence is deliberate yeah. it's, it's the combination of silence and stillness if you're silent but your eyes are moving around the audience go oh they're panicking if you're silent and you're looking in one place they go oh wow oh god something's going on now <laughs> wow. oh I'm really invested that's, that's all it is that's my trick uh, take it away I've, I've You've ruined it. I've now. uncovered myself. <laughs> no, but that's brilliant because I'm a big fan of um, silence as well, but I hadn't put it together with stillness, so I am going to do that in the future. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you very much for being guests on the Improv London podcast. Thank, thank you so, so much, much for, for having, having us. us. I made this. That's improv! <laughs>